Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to the Future Neighbor Podcast. Podcast. This is Daniel. And this is Katie. This episode is brought to you by Gochujar. I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for the Modori cookware, the Sodam cookware set. Uh, that one was out of sale or out of uh, stock for the last two months. Mm-hmm. And we're getting the next shipment in soon. So if you put your name on the wait list, we're going to go in order and, and push those out to you. Thank yeah. you for your patience. And uh, after that, we also have their new uh, cookware set. They have these like um, the egg pan, the one that you make keramari. It's the square one. Yeah. Uh, I'm still considering whether we're going to bundle that into a set. And then we also have their eating um, one person uh, ceramic bowl sets too. So I know a lot of people really want Modori stuff. Um, and we're just waiting for it to uh, to come into our uh, warehouse as well. But we also have a lot of other products. So go if you haven't visited Gochujar in a while, this is the time. Go to gochujar.com. Yes, listen to Katie. <laughs> All right, so neighbors, it's been a while. Man, we have a lot of stuff that we can talk about. We were in Jeju-do. Uh, we just got back. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did an impromptu trip uh, so that uh, Katie could get her open water her scuba, scuba license. license. How was it? Which I successfully <laughs> finished. Yes. <laughs> How was it? How did you like the entire experience of, of being in the water? W- what did you think? Yeah, it was it was good overall but this is my actually this was my second time going underwater mm. scuba because the first time was during our honeymoon mm. which is a few months ago and then so and then th- both of these times i was scubaing in jeju water but the I, I don't think jeju is the best place to do scuba diving like you don't see all those like you know amazing fishes and all that you know like not, diverse it, like marine life yeah, inside it's not, it's not like a poster card aquarium environment yeah the water is rocky visibility was low this time yeah and the water is cold more mm. than anything like i haven't really experienced that picture perfect you know marine ecosystem yet so um, yeah, I'm still like waiting to do that, but somehow the order got switched for me, so I got the license. So now I can like um, really like once COVID all this situation gets better, go somewhere in like Southeast Asia and like start exploring the underwater. Uh, the yeah, but um, yeah, it was pretty tough to do the scuba in Jeju for a beginner like me like the water was cold uh, it was pretty choppy and you don't yeah like you said visibility is low so it was really hard to do buoyancy buoyancy yeah yeah so the I think the first day I was like knocked out I kind of felt (laughs) like really exhausted and I also felt really kind of like let down because this thing is so tough and like Oh, I haven't I really I don't know what I what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I saw your face because we also went with one of our close friends and his wife as well. Yeah. And um we went as a group before and when I saw you guys like come up the And this thing is so sh- heavy. When I see you guys come up out of the water in that in that lift and you guys step off, I yeah. could just tell you guys were like, why am I doing this? Yeah, <laughs> why really, am I getting like, the license? When I was in the water, at one point, that thought came through like, 
what am I doing in the water right now <laughs> with all these gears? And, and then I'm so cold. So like, I'm, I want to go to toilet every like hour or something. And to do that, I have to take off the suit and the suit is so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I could think of like million other complaints, but, but it got better actually the second day. Like somehow the water was a bit easier mm. and I got used to it and yeah. You didn't feel like a sense of adventure being down there or were you still were you just like in high anxiety about like doing the instructions that you were told and you really couldn't see the uh the, the aqua life, marine life around, you didn't have time. Yeah, there was there wasn't really much aqua life we saw. I mean we saw a few fishes mm. but like my concentration wasn't there like i was so focused on like your lips were like purple when you came out and i was like <laughs> so it's funny because katie uh, i could tell her um well i don't know i think most women korean women get chuita or like just feel cold very quickly yeah. or can't stand cold weather very well and i could just see your lips were purple and you're just like i was like so how was the dive and you're just like don't ask me. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> um, and I knocked out. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's good that you train in choppy waters because when you do go to those aquarium like Boracay or the Maldives, um, it's a, it's a, it's so easy. Yeah, because you train in they, harder places. But that's what my instructor said, and yeah. But now that I finished and um, I have my hard-earned uh, certificate in front of me. I'm, Open water I'm, license. Yeah, I'm really happy that I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing comes easy. That's right. But uh, yeah, now I'm like, I'm thinking about where can I go to actually, you know, explore and really do scuba diving next, like. Yeah, we're thinking of um, Palau. Uh, well, Katie was getting her open water license. Me and my friend, we were doing um, just fun dives. And it was actually pretty fun. Like we did six dives over three days. And the first dive, uh, it was like the uh, there was very uh, strong currents in the water. So I, I never done um, current diving before. But as soon as I got into the water, it was really hard to keep buoyant or go in one direction. Yeah. And then I just saw my teacher and he was just looked like he was floating in space and so chilled out where I'm just like kicking and then like, like pressing down or releasing some air. And then I was like, wait a minute, I should just chill like uh, finding Nemo and ride the current like the turtle. And the current really takes you. It was a pretty cool experience, but I could quickly see how but that I feel quite scared. Because what if you get carried away yeah, I would, by the current? Yeah, see, afterwards, because our uh, the current that we were going in, it would just go a little bit in a circular motion. So yeah. we would go and we would hug the wall of the um, of the island and we'd be going around. But he said there's oftentimes there's down current. So what down currents are is that the current will drag the person down deeper. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, our teacher who's, um, who's been in, he's a Korean guy, but he's been in Palau for a very long time. And he said in one case, a diver died because there was a, there was a down current that took him. And even if he inflated his uh, BCD and filled it with uh, air, mm -hmm. the down current is so strong that it negates that uh, buoyancy and it just pushed him down deeper into the water. I was like, whoa, that's insane. 
Mm. But so at nighttime, you know, I went deep into YouTube and I started to see all these like yes, crazy. Um, that scared that, me even more. That stories. <laughs> yeah, my friend was like not so, not a big fan of me sharing those videos. But for me, I like to look at them. But not it too gives you alert about. Yeah, because it always gives me like, um, yeah, it always gives me something to reference. Like, for example, I also learned about Delta P. Sorry, I'm going to go a little bit about on a rant about this, but it's at least I find it very interesting. So some... Oh, actually, let me finish the thought on the down current. When we're in the water, because yeah. we did the current diving a few times, our teacher would blow his, he would blow water out of his regulator and you would see, and he said, look at the bubbles. The oh. air bubbles wouldn't go up to the surface. Oh. It would just like kind of go in a circle. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Yeah. But then when we came out of the water, there was a section where the down current, <gasps> and then there was an up current coming up. So it was oh. creating a washing machine effect. Oh. So if you get stuck in that, I don't think it was that strong of a one, but in some cases, yeah. you can get stuck and it's very hard to swim out. Oh. Right? See, so. that kind of thing freaks me out. But I think it's I think those dives, it helps you gain experience. Because you're like, oh, so next time I'm in diving, I'm gonna be a little bit more conscious to check where my bubbles are going if it's a strong current. That way I'll know, oh, okay, that section there's really strong current, right? So there's another thing that's kind of um, I just want to talk about because uh, it's called Delta P okay. and it's like a physics thing. Um, it's like, let's say you have two bodies of water connected by, uh, let's say, a pipe. One container is filled with water and one container is filled less with water. So, of course, through I want to say osmosis. I don't know if it's the right word. It's been a <laughs> while since grade school's uh science but basically the big container of water through that pipe wants to equalize with the container that has less water so i'll give you a few instances so for example some guy went to go uh, clean a industrial sized pool and he was in scuba gear and he knocked off some of the debris that was blocking the drain okay so as soon as he cleared away the debris that big bass of water that's in the swimming pool is trying to empty out. So it creates a suction. Yeah. So then it suctions that, that the amount of force is tremendous, yeah. especially the bigger amount of water. So as soon as he cleared away the debris, his wetsuit got <gasps> stuck. His oh body got God. stuck. And no matter what he did, I think it was like, a tw- I mean, I don't know. I can't give you the exact um metrics or the measurements but i think in the video it said it was equivalent to 1200 pounds of pressure what happened he just died he ran out of air he can't he can't move right and so i think this is more for people who do like diving for a job or or some people go to clean a septic tank but then the other tank that's empty that the that the dirty tank is going to fill out to um some person from the the company didn't uh he didn't check the the levels of water that they're equalized yeah so as soon as that guy cleaned the debris the suction oh comes God. and he's just stuck there and then his buddy comes because the guy's panicking and the yeah. buddy gets sucked in as well oh my god and then the two got sucked in and created a perfect seal and then the third guy was able to get out <gasps> anyway it's called delta p just youtube it if you're a diver and see i don't know that this stuff doesn't scare me it just reminds me me. i don't know why you shared that it just reminds me if i ever see a pipe and i feel water coming i ain't going near it right (laughs) otherwise if i didn't see those scary things i might be curious just to see oh look at there's a crab being sucked into the pipe put my finger there and um 
know, could easily get sucked in. So, but anyway, while while I'm on this tangent, actually, on the second, on the last dive, I've never seen an instructor run into an issue. I think I've I haven't dived that many times. I would say around fifteen to close to twenty dives now, somewhere between there. Um, and I you have, have my, the advanced. Yeah, the advanced license. license, but our teacher. As soon as we got into the water, um, I would say we were in the water for about ten minutes, so we were pretty good on oxygen. He gave me the hand sign for something is not right, which is um, well, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hand; it's audio. So, um, <laughs> what is this? How do I do this? Ah, eh, it's okay. Like if someone says, "How's the food?" You put your hand in, you're like, like nah, uh, it's okay. It's not iffy. that good. Yeah, iffy. Yeah, that's the hand motion. And so the guy gave me the ah, eh, it's okay kind of hand motion underwater, which means. Something is wrong. Yeah, yeah. It was strange because he was in front of us, and then I he gave me the sign, and I was like, "Oh, oh my God, that's the sign! I've never <laughs> actually seen it underwater. Exactly. I only see it in textbook and I like on those boring training videos where you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And not from a instructor. Yeah, never from your dive leader. That I think, right? Yeah. So I look on the ground because my buddy was behind me. My friend was. We were diving three people. My buddy was in the back. The dive master was in front. He gave me the sign, and then I see him diving to pick up something, right? This metal, uh, yeah, this metal thing. And uh, I was like, "That's strange." I realized I'm pretty slow. Maybe it was the amount of you're pretty <laughs> slow underwater. And, yeah. So in my mind, because if I, I saw, I thought what he was doing was picking up metal metal trash right because you want to keep the thing clean so i thought he was going to pick up some random metal scrap piece that he found yeah um but then he went to the bottom of the ocean or wherever we were diving it wasn't that deep proceeded to take off his gear his bcd and his tank and i thought that was so strange i still haven't figured out that that came off of his tank because oh. he had two tanks and that metal what it was was it was um like a metal uh, attachment that kept the two tanks close to each other mm. or it kept them connected that that metal ring piece yeah i don't know why but the thought that i had in mind was when i used to go play golf with my dad sometimes <laughs> like what he'll do he has that little device and then um if if I'm taking long or something, he'll go to the, the edge and he'll try to uh, fish out some uh, titleless balls. <laughs> like, you know, like some people hit the balls and they go into the water. Yeah. And they just go, my dad likes to pick up new balls. I mean, it's like one of them is like $3, right? Yeah. So I thought he was just, you know, a- adding a piece to his collection. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my mind, but it was a strange thought. And yeah, but he took off his uh, his gear and that kind of, I thought it was very, very strange. Unusual. It still didn't recognize. I, I I still didn't think that it slipped off of him because for me I was following his butt mm. the entire time. So I thought if it would have slipped off, I would have seen it. I didn't see it. So I think what happened was I looked briefly at a little fish, and then in that brief moment it fell off of his tank, and then I kept following him when he was taking off his gear. I tried to help him. Because I saw part of his uh, strap getting caught. Mm. 
Mm. And then he immediately gave me the hand sign to like stay away from me. Because if you try to help me out, we're going to tangle. Mm. So I was like, oh shit. He, I could, he gave me the strong like stay away. So I was like, okay. And then for the next, I checked my oxygen. I think I was at uh, 130, 130 bars. Like we started off with 200. I was at like 100. Is it bars or PSI? You just took the exam. We We use bar in Korea. Okay, yeah. I was at like, I think I was at like 150 bars. And yeah, he st- he proceeded to um, try to get the metal cylinder back mm-hmm. onto the two tanks. And then he tried to uh, attach it back to his BCD. But then he couldn't because something was missing. And then he pulled out his... Uh, his the string, which is for the 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 buoy marker, the SMB, and then he had a knife too. He cut that off, and then he's oh putting it together, p- putting it together. And it was very complex work. Oh. Like he tried to fit it into a little hole, then he put it around, and then he thought it was good. Oh. But then, since the oxygen tanks weren't being held in place, and they had oxygen, and they start to lift up and still separate from the BCD, so he couldn't move on. Yeah. And for me, maybe I was having narcosis. No, I wasn't having narcosis, but I don't know why I'm so slow underwater. I didn't put the thought that again that <laughs> he was it was a kind of a real emergency. I thought he was just again trying to scoop up another piece of gear and put it onto his beat. And I was like, in my mind I was like, this guy's a little bit selfish. This <laughs> is our last dive. <laughs> Shit, just take it in your hands and just just dive or like continue to let's let's go on our tour and keep looking around. <laughs> and so I messaged my friend. I was like, I looked at my oxygen. I was like, I'm not going to waste like 20 minutes just watching this guy trying to collect a few extra golf balls in my mind, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I started to swim around. And my friend, my I think my friend like realized that this was an emergency Emergency. for him. And so I tapped him. I was like, hey, let's go look around this little reef while this guy is doing his thing. My friend he didn't agree or he, mm. he didn't follow along so i just started like looking around close to where that guy was too like it's my dream to see my a little octopus like i really want to see an octopus underwater yeah we still haven't seen one yeah, yeah i really want to see one that that's something i really want to see yeah. after my octopus is my teacher yeah that documentary you know mm. Me too. I gotta look for something that looks like a soccer ball. Yeah, and make <laughs> friends. Anyway, I thought, okay, this is my time. As I was kind of like swimming around that area, in the right side of my eye, I caught something shiny. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that? Things are getting exciting. <laughs> and so I picked it up. And you know what it was? It was the nut bolt that had fallen off of his, um, that metal cylinder that attached it to the BCD, which he was trying to find. Yeah, it's insane that you found that in the middle of like the the ocean ocean floor, right? Yeah. (laughs) So here, my my little impatience paid off. So I was like, oh shit. So I went up to him, I tapped him. Yeah. And I gave it to him. (laughs) And then I could hear him underwater going, (laughs) (laughs) this is like this is like 
<laughs> I haven't said, right? Yeah. So then, yeah, then I think with that, he was able to like fasten it. And then um, we went up. Or Did we you continued guys go? on. No, oh, we had plenty continue. of o- yeah, we had plenty of oxygen. Oh, okay. So, so continue with your dive. Yeah, we continued to finish off and and uh, we went, but it reminded me. And when we went up, I asked him like, "What went wrong?" And he explained that it it slipped off. And he was like, "This is the first time anything like this has ever happened in my twenty five years of diving," which wow. only reminded me that no matter how confident you are with something like scuba diving. Shit can go wrong. Yeah, you always have to have yourself in check. So you got to know your basics. So like, yeah, w- when it comes to scuba diving, I think you really need to know your basics. Yeah. yeah. Like it, I think it can be fun, but at the same time, it's like oh, many things can go wrong. Like even when I was just training, mm. and then I got... Yeah, I was also training with my other friend and then like my instructor was telling us how to use the compass and the water so he would have to do one at a time. So like while one person waits holding on to a rock, the other person will go with him to like navigate with the compass. And then when I was like just holding on to the rock waiting, I was like, I saw them going along one side and I just suddenly lost sight of them. I couldn't see them anymore. It just felt like completely I'm all alone in this ocean. There's nothing around me. And I kind of felt scared. Mm, mm. Yeah, even in that short moment. But don't you, you know, the one thing that I like about scuba diving is I think it's the closest feeling to space because it's silent. It's meditative. You're weightless, and then you're discovering, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You're just floating, like in space. You're floating in water. But right? I don't know if it's. I I still don't get the silence part. I feel like I'm the noisiest person in the ocean, with the breathing and breathe out and all ah. the bubbles. I feel like I'm disrupting all the fish. <laughs> you think the fish are like. You think it's like an it's like an orchestra going on, like a symphony. I'm going like the on. noise pollution there <laughs> oh. because in my ears I sound so loud. No, it's your breathing will get better. It's probably because you're like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. You're sucking up all the oxygen, but oh. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't. You don't really think about anything else. You're just floating in water. That's true. I think it's it's. I think it's almost blissful. Yeah, for thirty minutes, you're away from everything. Mm. Yeah, it's very nice. Oh, by the way, on that trip when we were going down before that emergency happened, I saw Kwango, which is um, uh, in English it's flounder, and I'm still amazed by how dive masters what they're able to quickly find fishes. That flounder was huge, yeah. and we were like, that was a rock that we were like slowly about to glide over. He said, "Stop, mm. take a look," and I was like, "What is he pointing at?" And then. Ooh. I saw the flat fish and its eyes are going crazy. Really? The thing is like, am I detected? <laughs> am I found out? Am I find out? Am I find out? Am I find out? And then like, its eyes are just going crazy looking at my friend, my me oh and my, my dive God. master. So like, am I discovered? And his <laughs> eyes are going crazy. Like, look at, the, like Google, like a flounder's eyes. And it's like, yeah, and we went over, but that, that, that was something else seeing it as well. But anyway, 
that was just a glimpse um, of our experiences of scuba diving. I, you know, you weren't able to do the the deep dive. Well, maybe you can get your advanced license as well. But next time, if we do go to like a Palau or a Boracay or, or Cebu or, or yeah. Guam or yeah, or maybe we even so do like a places. live on live on board. It's like you take a like we, but it's kind of expensive. But we rent out one of those yacht. It's not like a yacht, but it's like kind of yeah, something like that. We'll just call it that, and then you live on it for five six days. And they take you out very deep into the ocean to go oh. see big fishes. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm scared too at the oh, same yeah. time. You will love it. You're going to gain such a deep appreciation for the ocean. And uh, Apparently, Egypt is like the scuba haven. Yeah. I do want to go to Egypt now. I, I, I think the, the Red Sea. A lot of coral, coral reefs and... But I'm happy, Katie, that you're able to get it. I mean, all of these. I yeah, I me too. I feel like I'm I'm ready to now just uh, um, explore now. Yeah, it gives us a. It makes doing these like activities makes traveling to another country much more, even more enriching, right? Yeah, Rather because now cafes, you have a, like a purpose. Yeah, to go and yeah. So um, during our Jeju trip, we besides the scuba, um, I think we were fascinated by that uh, that little cat. Oh, such a cute cat! We we came across a, a British short. Was it short hair? Is British short hair. Yeah, and the funny thing was, it had the the grumpiest face on a cat we have ever seen I know. we posted it on our Instagram. So if you're following us, I'm sure you've seen it. But it looks like. I've never seen a cat that looks that funny. It looks like so it's something out of, a, out of a comic strip. Yeah, it looks so cartoonish, right? <laughs> That's why, like, a long time ago, I did come across this cat um, on Instagram. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this cat is so unique. And um, I love it. And then so I just remembered uh, the name. It's pretty short hair. And then... The first time I ever came across it in real life. Yeah. It was such a joy. <laughs> we had dinner and we we're just walking out and we came across this beautiful cafe. It was like a bookstore. It was yeah. nighttime. It was nighttime. And, and the little suddenly thing, a little cat came across acting like it was the boss of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but it looks so angry. Yeah. And then the, sh- the shop owner was like, the cat wants some food right now. But the none of us has got any food. It was funny because you try to pet it. And as soon as you pet it, it would take two steps to the right and sit. And then yeah. if you pet it again, it would take two steps to the right and sit over there. Like and it was looks a off. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So sassy. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know, I'm not a big cat person, but seeing that cat, I just thought it was like really picked out of a, a comic strip or like something out of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Was I know. We had like a we had a lot of good discussions with our friends and we had some good food. Um, among one of the foods that we went, we had some hemultang, which is like kind of like a, a hot pot packed with like fresh seafood, seafood ingredients, like shrimp, abalone. It had some squid, squid, and like shells. And then the the waiter or the waitress, she said something funny because. Yeah. My friend, um, you know, he's he's non-Korean. He's uh, 
and she was kind of like having an eye on us to see the reaction of bringing out like fresh seafood that's still alive mm-hmm. and then cooking it in front of you mm-hmm. like koreans i don't think even bat an eye because we're used to seeing like hemultang or yeah dishes where the the live food is cooked in front of you especially yeah. for stews and so she was explaining that um she had a recent guest who was an american who i think came with um i think he was married to a korean person and yeah. the the parents-in-law the, like the, the korean parents yeah the korean parents-in-law since that american person came to jeju wanted to treat him out they took him to the took him to this restaurant and he was he like when he saw this uh dish coming out yeah and it and had been cooked and and that the sea animals were being cooked uh raw like that in front of him it like horrified him and he decided to walk out of the restaurant yeah and she said oh he just I, ordered he just uh, ate mcdonald's yeah or something like that yeah and then the in-laws He's were the, so disappointed um by that and uh she, yeah the reason she was telling it was like are, is it okay for your <laughs> friends and yeah because like, we have a foreigner in our table too yeah so little do they know that, that foreigner can eat more korean food than anyone else <laughs> um, but <laughs> but he's uh he's almost korean <laughs> he is korean in my eyes um i just thought it was like the audacity for that man to to stand up and leave is is pretty bold Mm. Uh, for me i just couldn't get that out of my mind like if especially if you're in front of your parents-in-law yeah in front of your in-laws they come to treat you something and for you to go and and stand up and leave i just like man the sense of individualism is so strong i think especially among americans i i just um i don't know or maybe i've become too american too koreanized i don't know but I just couldn't imagine that situation. Like, uh, you know, I might be like, you know, I'll just take the vegetables because I don't believe in it, and I'll still stay at the table and kind of make the make the sit, you know, make the situation comfortable and yeah, you know, have a few pieces of shrimp, whatever. But to stand up and walk out, I don't know. That's that. No, that I, caught my attention for a little. Maybe bit. I, I think maybe it. for him, first of all, maybe he's not really familiar with the Korean culture. Mm. maybe he hasn't been in korea for that long mm. so maybe the shock was too too strong for him mm. me yeah but i feel like like this could happen to a lot of like couples that are coming from two very different cultures like asian versus west yeah but i wonder if the re the, the the kind of reaction is like uh, something that's also common. Is it only Korea that would cook something like live at your table? Well, I mean, it, it. I mean, I I think it only pertains to seafood. I don't think we cook anything else that's live. Yeah. Like it's usually for tang or jjigae. Yeah. Like we like it fresh, and so like seafood will just boil. And I think the most thing is the octopus. Like we have also the raw octopus that we cut up, but that's oh. more of a tourist thing. Like nobody ha- has that regularly. Like sangnakji, right? No, it's not a tourist thing. It's like when you go to Hetje, mm. Ajushis would love to order that. But it's not that common. You won't have sangnakji like 
like regularly. Like, when's the last time we've had it? I've only had it when. It's because we don't really go to Hetje. No, but Sangnakji is not that popular. Like, it, it, we have Hue, but Sangnakji is not that popular. Yeah. yeah. But Japanese love it. When my Japanese friends came to um, Korea, <laughs> um, it was like a thing to do and try. But anyway, I guess my point is that uh, for me, like, I was trying to think from that guy's like perspective, perspective like yeah, what is so horrif- what is so horrifying about it? Um, maybe he thinks that like even sea animals are like having a painful death that like triggers him. Um, but for well, me, it's strange- just something that you don't really grow up seeing, so maybe it just shocked him a lot. But maybe that's good for him. Like seeing that food is actually, you know, like you know. <laughs> If you never grow up cooking, you know, steak is not something that just comes packaged and shows up on um, in Costco. You know, there's a there's a cow behind it. Yeah. And the prep is dirty. It just you as a consumer are buying it never at the very in process. Yeah. So when you see an octopus cook um, or like some abalone's moving, like, don't you feel a little bit? For me, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe because I love food. I just appreciative <laughs> of it. I eat it. I eat it all. Like it just tastes delicious. Um, if I try to understand from his perspective, you mm. know, there are people occasionally like who can't eat chicken because um as a child they saw uh like the parent or somebody like actually catch a chicken and wring its neck. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. In front yeah. of them yeah. and they so happen to see that and they just like so traumatized by it so they don't eat chicken i've seen those people mm. actually so that makes maybe sense. it's something like similar like that traumatic <laughs> it's funny because like in a previous podcast we talked about um octopus is my teacher and how <laughs> <laughs> and how smart they are and wish yeah, yeah i still think of that movie and it's funny because <laughs> why yeah because i think our friend was like oh don't you remember octopus is my teacher how do you feel about it and you know what my answer was i still remember i was like that's squid <laughs> <laughs> that's not octopus octopus is too expensive to be putting there that's squid in my brain i think na- nature is much more savage the way that animals die in nature is way more savage and boiling it in water is like i don't know it's not that i mean i mean can you think about being eaten by a bear Okay, or, or or like or, a bear, or like in like Africa, like by lion or something. Yeah, they just nip, they just bite. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Yeah, I, I think that's enough on this topic. But to me, I don't have a hard time with eating seafood. But then, if we connect it to like mammals, there mammals. I think yeah, there I think I'd be a little bit. I if I saw like cows like at a farm, like just going through the bulk killing and seeing all that i think it might affect me differently somehow i don't equate the same amount of empathy for a if for a seafood sea animal. Sea animal no it's not animal it's it, abalone is not an animal <laughs> how would you say it a seafood but could you imagine if they could speak or squeak oh <laughs> if they could squeak that yeah i think that would turn off a lot of um young kids but uh, at the same time you're really intrigued by the marine life a lot Uh, you love going to see 
tidal pools and yeah i've had a spending time looking yeah yeah one of my dream jobs was to be a marine biologist just to study animals and i spend a lot of times just watching through like all the nature especially about like marine life so yeah it's like whenever my parents would drive me down to um huntington beach or near the california coastline like sometimes you go early and you'll see the tidal waves and just seeing if there's what's in there seeing the some little crab like, some crabs oh man I, i've probably spent hours there it's just it, it captures my curiosity still does that's why i like scuba diving seeing the marine animals underwater in their natural habitat and how graceful they are but then i like food too so <laughs> <laughs> i have no trouble i mean I, I i don't know maybe some people have this um guilty feeling i have no guilty feeling it's like i, I appreciate them and then i also enjoy them it tastes delicious <laughs> <laughs> good good did you have any other reflections from cheju something that, that 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 came to mind whether it was no i think just just nature is so healing and yeah, we stayed in the southern side of jeju and um i think it which is i think is much more beautiful Sagipo. yeah than some other parts of jeju and yeah just being next to the ocean and also surrounded by mountains and just seeing lots of green around me do you think you can live in jejudo for for an extended period of time you know we talk about this a lot but i go back and forth like mm, like i love the tranquility i love the like how clean the air is everything but i also enjoy city life in some ways <laughs> i love going to like trendy cafes <laughs> yeah um I I realize what it is. It's just photos. it's just not the time in our lives. In our thirties, we still have so many th- things related to purpose, like finding purpose in your life, and like you know, for us, I, I don't know. At least for me, a lot of it's achievement oriented, and like just living, pursuing my own happiness in in Jejudo, like just just enjoying the moment, surfing, and just that. That would still give me a lot of anxiety because it doesn't help me fi- like reach my purpose that I've known to be until this age. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to be happy just looking at tidal pools every day for four hours because I'd be in the back of my mind, my devil's advocate would be like, "What the hell are you doing? You're 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 wasting <laughs> your life." Like, so I think like once you've done the stuff that you need to do like post 50s 60s then like moving out there and enjoying i think is is great yeah i think just going there and spending some time from time to time mm. is like great for now one other thing that came to mind was at least for me when it's been a while since i took a plane actually it hasn't been that while it was <laughs> maybe a few months but strangely i never looked outside the window cuz i always you know, I've ridden a lot of planes, so don't look out the window. But you were looking outside the. Yeah, it w- and it was a very clear day, so there wasn't there wasn't much cloud, so we could actually see a nice like view of the city as yeah. we were like landing off, taking off, taking off. 
And then, uh, and then it was also around like nighttime, so mm. we saw all these like lights coming mm. up, and and we started to see, oh my gosh, look how busy and crowded and crazy this place looks, full of people, mm. and it was kind of disgusting at the same time, like thinking like the the density of the people here. Yeah, yeah. I think for me. At some point, too, seeing buildings, then as we get higher, that turning into blocks, and then that turning into just lights, little dots, little dots of lights. Then just as we get higher, it's just like a little orange glow, and then that orange glow becoming smaller. It's like pressing the. It's like when you're in your browser and you control plus, you're into. You're zoomed in too much into your browser, and then where you press control and then zoom minus out. zoom out. I just feel like it's such a metaphor for like how how much we're in our heads at ground level, but as we like ride a plane or as we zoom out, none of that shit even matters. Yeah. Like what's in my head to the reality of the world, it doesn't matter. For me, it was such a um, comforting thought like the world doesn't really care i this might sound weird but the world the world doesn't really care about my concerns my desires my purpose it's very neutral it doesn't care even if i died tomorrow the world would still glow the world would just it's just i'm not that important the things will go on i'm not that important yeah not that important that's when i realized when i was like seeing seeing the world as a whole like i i've just been taken outside of this world i'm in a plane right i'm no longer in that right i just like if i died this thing just beautifully moves on this music just beautifully flows and 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 why that was comforting in some ways it could sound weird but life is whatever the narratives you put in your head you know what i mean if you Mm. put a lot of emphasis on money and 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 that that's what's important that's what's become important that's your life yeah if you put a lot of emphasis on like um discovering the next caves and achieving some some physical like olympic getting an olympic gold that's what becomes important and there is no yeah there is no um there is no one everything is relative yeah yeah there's no universal purpose Mm. It's all relative and what you put into that brain of yours. And so in some ways, a lot of stuff you can let go of. Yeah. I think that that is also, yeah, that can sound a little bit sad, but at the same time, it's very comforting. It's comforting that the world doesn't care about you. (laughs) Yeah. If the world was relying on you, (laughs) if the whole world... If the whole world, world as that's that. also not good. Yeah, th- because you have the weight of everybody. Anyway, that was just something that just, just in my mind, I was just going and I felt really relaxed. And then when I got to Cheju, it's just like, wow, it's, it's a nice thought. And then as we were like coming back down to land, all those lights started to become material things again. And I was like, okay, welcome back to Earth and your <laughs> problems. <laughs> and then you turn on your phone and yeah, all these like notifications. I got a message from my friend to come pick me up. Oh no, we landed 15 minutes later. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And so I was thinking, 
what hap- what thoughts would come if you observe like if you pr- zoomed out enough so meaning instead of riding an airplane we took a space shuttle oh and we went to space like and, mars well not even all the way to mars well yeah for mars for example and you see the world and how small the entire world is you all you see is just like blue and land yeah and it's like the size of a like a a, a small peanut zooming out that far of course that changes your life oh. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i zoomed out from an airplane and i already feel happy maybe if i zoom out to that degree what thoughts would fill my head i don't think it would be this alien talk I think I would come back with maybe even more. Live life. I don't know. To the fullest. I don't know. I got to make enough money now just to go and, and see <laughs> what that means. Um, but yeah. surely something like that would, uh, at least that's my hypothesis, like seeing the world and how small it becomes in the big perspective, in the big vastness. I think some t- type of deep appreciation, curiosity, spark of interest or and just like not to be so tangled about little things yeah yeah i already felt that way from this trip and i think in some ways that's why like little breaks like this away from home is quite like important i'm pretty sure like in a few weeks or months we're gonna kind of forget about this experience and feel jaded about everyday life again pretty soon exactly but like little trips like this kind of give you a good reminder that like yeah you you can be nobody but at the same time everybody so whatever is in your head exactly but then i was thinking with the space flight that I'd probably miss my um, I'd probably miss my space flight because why <laughs> I'd be nervous <laughs> about the rumbling of the seats as with the rockets start igniting, <laughs> and so I want to go use the restroom. <laughs> By the time I'm in the restroom, the doors would have closed. Now closing gates to departure number flight number three two seven. Last call for Daniel O. <laughs> last call for the, i'll be in the restroom like oh no i gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. yeah you need to fix your stomach problems before you go <laughs> to space i hope they have a large <laughs> diaper for me so <laughs> i'd be so scared riding on a on a on a rocket and the amount of rumbling God. the thing is i realize you're you you or maybe someone could um like put me to sleep like i'll just take so much fight get in but then i wouldn't be able to appreciate i wouldn't remember the the image of what it looks like it's a big conundrum for me no i think it's um because you have this you're not a big fan of doing things from the air from the sky like uh paragliding or bungee jumping yeah, you're no know. fan of those things i don't so like you thrill. already have i like adventure fear. i like adventure but i don't like thrill <laughs> this is something i've been able to verbalize i think now. that like that our our friend um kind of nudging nudging you to try this um like skydiving or paragliding this like in the sky adventure but you're like no. so determined no no i think i'm happy with my feet on the ground <laughs> um what about bungee jumping i think the amount of 
I think the amount of anxiety and <laughs> actually, I would do. I I I I would do. <laughs> oh? I would do. Uh, jumping out of an airplane over <gasps> bungee jumping. Really? Yeah, because I think bungee jumping. Once you jump out of the airplane, it's just like <laughs> that's it. So you don't get that like drop feeling. I up don't like and, that drop up feeling. Up and down, up and down. I don't like that drop feeling. With the bungee jump, your your it drops. Your your stomach falls to your stomach. I mean, what am I saying? Your heart falls to your stomach. That dropping feeling. I hate that. That's what I don't like. <laughs> anyway, that stresses me out. I can already see from your face expression. <laughs> I already feel anxiety even just thinking about that feeling. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not really good with those thrills either. I realize like, now when we ride the airplane, you always hold my hands when we take off. I no. think you get scared too, Katie. No, I don't. I don't. I think you like you like me to hold your hands, but <laughs> okay. So now it's flipped to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with planes. Until I met you, <laughs> we have a few minutes, and maybe we should talk about the uh, Chuseok. So Chuseok it was um, Korean Thanksgiving. We weren't able to do a full episode on it, but um, Katie was able to, or Katie. All right, we did a basically a full Korea tour. Yeah, because this is our first Chuseok together as a married couple, mm. and so in Korea. When you're married, you visit both of your parents' side and like pay them a visit and then do those like rituals together. Mm. So from my side, we like went to my house and visited my grandparents' tomb, the mountain, and then we also met up with our like um, family members and. Yeah. Um, our ritual got very simplified over time. Usually, we would do it in like the first son's house, like lay out the whole table with all these like dishes and it's fruits. It's called cheza. Cheza, yeah. but yeah. yeah, but now we have simplified things a lot. So we just meet at the tomb in the mountain, and then we do the bow and all these things, and then eat like share some like fruits and like dog rice cakes and stuff mm. there and then it's done for us but then after so this was in my house in Busan mm. but after we went to your your site but your parents are all in America so we went to your grandma's house mm. in Jeollabuk-do yeah. so by the way we were driving all this time so, so it took it took four and a half hours to about five hours to get to your house no it was six hours so we we couldn't get hold of the train ticket so we decided to take our car and drive from seoul to busan which was around six hours yeah and and by the way during chuseok everybody like salmon goes back to their hometown it's just this tradition in korea and so it's like the worst traffic yeah the worst traffic the worst traffic you'll yeah. ever see so anyway when we went to your house, it took about six hours, which yeah. was not that bad. We went at a good time. Mm -hmm. And then from your house to my grandma's place took another four and a half hours. <laughs> and then at my grandma's place, when we went back up, when we, back, when, when, when we went back home, which is usually when the traffic is the worst, it took us literally eight hours, right? Seven to eight hours. 
something like that. It was back to back traffic, and usually that should only take us two hours, three hours. Uh, three hours, yeah. Yeah, but uh, this was so crazy. Like we were just living in the car, basically it wasn't budging, and there would be another like some car accident and blocking the already heavy traffic, and then yeah. How did you like um, visiting my grandma's place? I love it. I love that. Well, before I think you described your grandma's house in to be kind of like not a favorable place, all run down, <laughs> kind of like yeah, you kind of scared me. So in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, I don't know, like I'm not really. I didn't have like a good picture in mind. Mm. But when we got there, it was such a like like old style countryside house, like. Both my grandparents lived in the city, so I don't really have that experience of going to the countryside to visit my grandparents. Mm. But you, your parent, your grandma lives in the countryside, in the, like middle of Cholabukto, like in the mid, like surrounded by mountains. It's a farming village. Yeah. So and then the house was like such a. Like old style house, it's kind of run down, but still it looks very nostalgic, and in my eyes, it looks very cozy and pretty. Yeah, that house has been there, according to my mom, for over 150 years, and it's made out of like mud. It's Hwangtojip. Yeah, it's like traditional straw and mud house, and it's actually very hard to see. Um, yeah, and, and then it, she has like a small yard, but they have like this huge persimmon tree. Mm. The other side, there's some pumpkins like growing, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's actually yeah. It's and really there's the techu namu too, techu jujube tree. Jujube tree. It's like if you watch the movie Little Forest, this is exactly how it looks in my mind. So I was so mesmerized by it. And then it started to rain, right? Yeah. And then like that old house has a little what do you call it? It's not madang, but it's like where you sit where my grandma's always sitting and cutting fruit. Yeah. That little um te- not terrace, that's such the wrong word. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there's a little place out in front where she's always sitting and um oftentimes when we go there we just sit out just to talk, but then You'll see the rain dropping off of the roof on in front, and it's just, it's very, um, very peaceful. And yeah, very peaceful. There is no noise. Mm. I don't think cars even come that often there, and so quiet at night. Like it's kind of goes pitch dark. And my grandma's funny because um, to her, she's been living there her whole life, so she's always like, "Man, I wish your uncles would just, you know." hurry up and renovate this damn thing like i'm sick of this house and 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 katie's like oh it's so beautiful and she's like don't make fun of me <laughs> don't leave you back like, like uh katie's like yeah it's like it's so nice and peaceful and she's like hey you know this is an old house like um it's like people from the city want that kind of peace and sort of tranquility oh. which is you know which a lot of people i mean if you airbnb that place i'm sure it would go for a good, good amount of money. I think so. If you like do a little bit of like renovation inside. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. So 
I'm happy that you had had a good time there, and my uncle actually did rent out a pension for us the night before. And yes, like I have a ritual does. where like me and my cousins are close on my mom's side. We're all about similar age, and so it's fun because a lot of my uncles, yeah, we're all we're all somewhat very close, and so when we get together, it's a very it's a very familial added, um, kind of environment and all of us getting together and we got so drunk the night before we had a barbecue and uh, talking all this nonsense and right. Mm. It was very fun, right? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like this kind of like uh, adult to child kind of barrier. They're all very, they mingle well and have a lot of fun. right? Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like as a woman, yeah. I kind of, like I was worried about going to your <laughs> your your, my side. your your family side because you know typically it's like uh, the you woman is like <laughs> stays in the kitchen doesn't even have time to like stay out I was like always working or cooking and so it's not just like it's not a day that women look forward to generally yeah. but um but um, your uncles and like your family members were being really nice and considerate. It's, so, that's just how it is. Like, uh, so I was really relieved and thankful. <laughs> all the guys, all of our uncles, they, they just clean, they cook, and they just all of them. It's just that's just how it was. Mm. Um, I know. So. But even if in my side, like when I look at my like my side of the mm. family, it's always the women who's like working, preparing for the chesa, whereas like all the men, including my dad, they don't budge out of the sofa. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're just always in the sofa, just talking while the women are so busy in the kitchen. And I really never really liked that growing up. But then what I, can you I do? I wish I could experience that. <laughs> I wish I could experience that. What do you mean? <laughs> well, when I first came to Korea, I'm always, they call, they told me to come the day before. I was always the one making all of the chun, the pancakes. Korean pancakes, perilla oil everywhere, like trying to put all the little spam pieces into that little uh, toothpick and trying to make the, and then you got to make all the like, um, all the other types of chan and i just end up smelling like batter the whole day and it's just like when are the when are the emos coming <laughs> when are the wizards coming <laughs> they come up the next day and they're like oh daniel kuzeng in there i saw um but yeah i think every family dynamics a little bit different there you got lucky oh yeah then i realized i married a i married a right man <laughs> um that's funny because i think you were a little bit nervous because by the time we drove up you had like a, a case of indigestion yeah i Chase, did so. i think so like even even though uh, like they were gen they were generally nice to me i still did have like this nervousness of course so true. once we left the house <laughs> I started to feel really uncomfortable in my stomach. You couldn't and digest, I, right? Yeah, I had the worst indigestion. Yeah. For, like until the next day, I couldn't really eat anything. <laughs> well, you know, every time we go to Busan, uh, I think I've had like cheso like seven times in Busan. So <laughs> I think so I know where it's coming from. 
it's like it's comfortable but it's not it's like oh now i don't get it now now i don't get chair chair some pusan so i think maybe it takes it a few more times oh, but i have a question you know that's um Something's equivalent to the Korean Chuseok in America will be like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. right? So in Thanksgiving in America, mm-hmm. do they also like when you're married visit both of your parents' side, or what? What? How does it work in Thanksgiving in America? I think it's up to the couple. Oh, okay. That's a good question. I'm not sure because I've never married in the states, but. Oh, I don't know if there's a. Do you go to the guy side first? Is it generally you go to the guy side? But I feel like I haven't really heard that they go to visit both sides. <laughs> so busy, like in Korea. Yeah, maybe you just go to one or the other. Like alternate every year. Yeah, because in Korea you generally go to the guy side first, because in Korean culture the woman has moved out of her village and yeah ha- has moved on to the guy's family. And then you also go out of courtesy to the women's afterwards as well. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure, but maybe I mean, our listeners. Will maybe, but yeah, maybe it's just us. the proximity. So if if the really? wife's family is living in the same state, then you'll just go. But but there's no like traditional things like that that you'll have to do. I don't think so. Okay. All right, neighbors. I think that's a wrap for today. Uh, we got to get back on the mic regularly. We will. <laughs> no, because we don't really have any more trips or like I don't know national events um, coming until end of the year. I, I think, think we did have a summer of adventure. Just like we, we went to quite a lot of trips out to the east coast. We got your scuba license out in Jeju. Yeah, but um, I think it's time to wrap up, and uh, year is coming to an end pretty fast. Oh my so gosh, Q four. What is it? Today is like, yeah. Oh my god, it's uh, September thirtieth. So <sighs> soon it it's go gonna so be fast? October, November, and then December always disappears. I gotta do the taxes for Q three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the most dreadful event. I hate doing that. All right, guys, enough. Thank you, neighbors. We appreciate you listening in. And always, um, you know, if you have any questions or you would like for us to cover some specific topics, feel free to email us. And if you haven't already, drop us a nice review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Yes, please. Very appreciated. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.